Hey guys, welcome back to the Players Podcast Australia. You see that, Mick? I did something a little bit different with our introduction. I didn't do the normal big, hey guys, welcome back. What'd you think of that? Yeah, it was was really great, Jeremy. I'm really excited. Do you want to do it? You try it. You give it a hey guys. Come on, just one. No, it's all right. You got it covered. No, no, no. Just give it one for the listeners, man. Come on, come on. Let's do it. We're recording right now. Let's do it. Come on. Hey guys, how's it going? Yeah, that was yeah, that was good. Anyways, look, we are back. Yes, we are back. Uh, it's been a huge. It's it feels like it's been a huge seven months of ABL action, but even this last week has been massive. Uh, we have been we 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 have been a little bit uh, tardy. Let's just say that much. Yeah, look, we didn't drop our second episode last week. We're gonna just be brutally honest with you guys. We've been flat chat. Uh, Mick's been busy with stuff. I've obviously been busy with all the ABL action here in Lismore as well. Uh, so hey, we're sorry, but we are gonna make it up to you guys. We're still going to hit our quota. Don't you worry about that. All right. Now, there's so much to talk about, but before we get into all of that, we must thank our sponsor, the guys that have been powering the pod, On Deck Baseball. Yeah, you've heard about these guys. If you haven't, well, you haven't really been listening. But they've been powering the pod. They've been supporting us pretty much since the beginning. And we appreciate the hell out of them. We want you guys to check them out. Check out their website, ondeckbaseball.com.au. They've got custom, like, gloves, like actual gloves, fielding gloves, pitching gloves. Don't forget batting gloves. Don't forget the batting gloves, Jeremy. Batting gloves, yeah, man. I've got a pair of on-deck batting gloves. The boss Motorola gave it to me. That's a subtle flex because I also got to meet the dude on the weekend and he's an absolute legend. But, you know, hey, yeah, they have batting gloves. And also, they do uniforms, dude. Yeah, that's what's up. So they're doing heaps of different stuff. They've got check like... Sh- sorry? I said check it. Oh, check it. Oh, sorry. I thought you were just cutting in on my uh, on my promo here, man. I'm talking about ondeckbaseball.com.au. Check them out on Instagram. Oh, do you want to do a little check it now? Check them out on Instagram? Check it out on Instagram, guys. No, I thought you are going to do that. Check it. Check it. There you go. There you go. Check them out on Instagram. Check it. There it is. <laughs> at ondeckbaseball and uh, also on the facial books. Dudes, they've got it all. And hey, they're friends of all of you listeners because they're helping us. They're just like you. They like listening to the pod. They love it. They love it enough that they actually want to help us, which is crazy. Who would want to help us? We're just a couple of guys that just talk into a microphone, which they got for us. They supplied that for us because before On Deck were here, Mick was just talking into his six iron and it was weird. And I was just shouting at my computer for hours. And now look at us. We sound like actual podcasters. Yeah, it's it still doesn't work though the six iron yeah that's yeah it's because it's it's not connected to your computer mate. like on the course and off the course oh right okay yeah. yeah so yeah well it's a horrible microphone and look it's probably a horrible six iron but that doesn't matter because we want you guys to check out ondeckbaseball.com.au check out the website they got a bunch of pros using their stuff mad gloves batting gloves we have all of the praise in the world for those guys for jumping on supporting us why don't you guys go check it out there you go that was that now what are we going to do i think we're going to go into our around the horn segment because there is absolutely so much baseball action to talk about are you ready let's do that right now around the horn with the baseball experts fielder's choice do you like that that was my intro i did yeah a nice man intro for it. yeah yeah it's pretty cool. cool hey 
This is it. This is our Around the Horn segment where we go around the league and we look at all the stuff that's been happening, the exciting news, and just uh, just really just have a chat about some uh, some ABL action. It's brought to you by the guys at Fielder's Choice, Fielder's Choice Australia, fielders.net. Check them out, www.fielders.net. And also, they have actually extended their box 20 coupon sale it's only going to be going for a couple more days it's going to end at the end of january so why don't you guys check it out on their website www.fielders.net hit the box 20 coupon page and you will see there that the listeners get how much off mick how much do they get off no jeremy you tell me 33 percent. yeah and how, but- how much how much is shipping uh free 99 yeah, free 99. 33% off orders as well as free shipping. So check it out. The Box 20 coupon sale page. There's heaps of stuff there, man. www.fielders.net. And they are the guys, the baseball experts, the guys that bring you the Around the Horn segment. Right. Let's go back. Let's have a look, man. Oi, it was huge. I've got to tell you that, like, the Blue Sox and the Cavs, oh, I call them the Cavs, the Blue Sox and the Cavalry coming to Lismore this weekend was sick. Dude, seriously, it was so cool. I don't know if you saw any of the stream or anything going on, but the fields are amazing. Uh, our grounds crew and all the volunteers here at Final Coast Baseball Association worked really hard to get everything up to scratch with the short time that they had, and I think they absolutely crushed it. And also, I got to meet a bunch of people that I'd only spoken to on Zoom, which was sick, man. It was so much fun. I got to meet Boss. I met, uh, obviously, I caught back up with Bobby. Uh, I met Rachel. That was awesome. Uh, oh, it. Dude, it was just, it was fun. Mikey Reynolds, dude, Mikey, what a guy. Mikey was there rocking his Hunter Pence pants. Can we still say that? Are we still allowed to say that? He was rocking out with his socks out. There you go. Uh, <laughs> it was cool. It was so much fun. So there you go. Uh, but let's go back and through and talk about the, the game starting from uh, Friday, Friday, January the 22nd. Uh, we won't go straight into Lismore, but we've got the Bandits and the Aces. A nice little game there. Uh, the, the Aces pick up the win. 4-3. There you go. Just that Close game. Yeah, nice little game there. Uh, Cameron Gibbons picks up the win there uh, and a save for Drew Anderson. And this is it. The first game here in Lismore at Albert Park Baseball. It was, man, I tell you right now, I was actually doing the ground announcing. So I was the guy that was, uh, I was that pesky ground announcer that was like playing some songs that, Mm. you know, yeah. Like the umpires come out, play a bit of law and order. I played Barbie girl one time for for someone. I kept boss's songs just legit because, hey, it's boss, man. He's the coolest Mm. dude ever. But uh, yeah, that was it. So, but I'm telling you right now, I, I got to sit there and watch this game. Frank Gailey shoved, man. Absolutely shoved in this game. Like it was sick to watch. The uh the Cavs came out and just absolutely just just put the foot down straight off the bat against the Sydney Blue Sox on Friday. Uh nine to three, the final score. Cavalry comes out two in the first, four in the second. There was bombs flying out everywhere. And dead set, like I said, Frank Gailey, man, he just came out and just threw the ball really freaking well. It was really cool to see. So uh, that was a lot of fun on the Friday. Let's move over to Saturday, the 23rd of January. There was a f- quite a few games of baseball uh, all around the ABL. Uh, we're going to go straight off the bat here with the Canberra Cavalry. They actually picked up another win here in the first of their double dip. 
Sean Morimondo, another dude that actually did really, really, really well. Uh, he moved to two and one on the season. The Canberra Cavalry, seven one again, just came out and just jumped on him, man. It was, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I just didn't see, I don't know, like, no, nothing against Canberra because I actually, after this weekend, I actually think, like, I was talking about this with one of our friends that uh, will remain nameless, uh, the, the third mystery man of the pod. Uh, we were discussing who we were going for. Now, <clears throat> I'm sorry to the guys. One. I'm sorry for the guys at the Bandits, right? Well, they're not. They probably don't give a shit. But I just don't think I'm a Bandits guy anymore, man. I don't know. Oh, uh, you can't do. I'm that, just. Cameron. I'm thinking about jumping off the bandwagon. I think with the ABL, I'm a. So bandwagon you were just. Guy. You were just. You were just on the bandwagon to begin with. No, no. Or well, he... it made sense. It made sense. I knew. Oh, I still know a lot of the guys that play for Bandits playing you know just knowing him through playing baseball as a kid right and i just was like maybe that's what i'm going but now that i'm getting to know all these other dudes i'm actually like i'm i'm you know i don't know just a fan of the abl maybe i'm a fan of the abl maybe i am maybe i'm a free agent that you know if any clubs want to sign me as their fan i will take that that'll be my thing absolutely well i would sway towards the giants clearly yeah got some ties know some guys there Walk off Wixen, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, as well as, you know, Canberra. But I tell you what, man, the Sydney Blue Sox, they impressed the hell out of me. I know, um, you know, yeah, look, let's face it. We're going to get to the rest of the reviews in a minute, but they, they, they did struggle this weekend. Let's just not give too much away. But, man, it's between those three at the moment. And then, obviously, I guess DG down there with the Melbourne Aces, but anyway, you just got you just got friends everywhere, mate. No, 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 it's not like that at all. I'm just saying, man. Like I tell you what, though, like I didn't see. That's what I'm saying. I I'm kind of half a Canberra guy, but I didn't see Canberra coming out and just absolutely putting the foot down like they did. You know, be, especially to, in those first two games, they jumped it, on them. It would it would be hard, um, you know, being Sydney because I mean they haven't really played. Totally, man. Totally. And uh, and talking to some of the guys, they said the same thing. You know, they're like, oh, we just haven't really played, rah rah. Get it, got it, awesome. But like, still, I mean, been seeing yeah. the games. You look back at the games that Canberra have, have been having with Melbourne and stuff like that. They've been three, four, two, one. Like they've been close games. You mm. know what I mean? So it's uh, no one saw the offense just come out and just just bang it on. Um, Samad Taylor absolutely crushed a ball. He's hitting the two hole, smoked a three run home run over Centerfield at Albert Park, and nearly knocked out the cameraman there doing the bloody uh, doing the guy behind the behind the, the pitcher. You know what I mean? So I was like, it was, yeah, there was some some balls flying out uh, all over the ballpark all weekend. But the first game of that double dip there, yes, 7-1 to the Canberra Cavalry. Sean Morimondo picks up the win. Uh, unfortunately, a loss for Josh Geyer. Uh, and then coming out into uh, the second game here of the double dip, uh, Canberra Cavalry picks it up again, 3-1. The win goes to Stephen Kent. Uh, another really, that was, that was, that was a lot more, closer for me for the the kind of ball game that I thought we were going to see, uh, you know, from, from those guys, this is kind of weekend, but it is what it is right there. Uh, Moving forward. Let's keep rolling. Uh, Brisbane bandits again, up against Melbourne aces, three, two bandits. Yeah. Another close game. Aaron Brown with the win. Aaron Brown, Ryan Searle gets the save. There you go. That's got to be like the first in a couple of weeks for him, right? Usually he's just been blowing them. But anyways, there you go. No comment. 
Oh, Ryan blown save Searle. There he is. But, hey, picks up the save right there. Good on him. There you go. Moving forward now, i got the Adelaide Giants again against the Perth Heat. This was an interesting game here. 2-4. Four, 4 for the Perth Heat. Picking up the win there. Nice little win there against uh, for, for the guys at Perth. Yeah, there you go. What was that like for you, uh, seeing the guys there just uh, take, the, take the L there, Mick? Yeah, so, uh, oh, well, I guess the listeners don't know. I'm currently injured, so. Oh, yeah, this is some big news. I ha- yeah. haven't revealed it, but um, have a. Have Are we a at of... that stage now? We can say this. We can drop the news. I mean, I guess. I don't think it's really news. I think it's just, uh, you know, it is what it is. Ah, there it is. Uh, That's so, a but, uh, full-time yeah, got, podcaster. Yeah. Um, no, I got a bit of a bit of a tear in the uh, rotator cuff at the moment, so. Um, didn't get to travel with the boys this week, but, um, yeah, obviously a, a bit of heartbreak. Um, yeah. On a Saturday evening for me. There you go. There you go. There we go. We just dropped huge new, huge news. I wasn't really sure when we were going to talk about that. Obviously you yeah. and I had had this discussion there. If it's, it's been a little bit, but yeah. I mean, Hey, I'm glad you brought it up and there you go. Big news. Michael Gain is, uh, on the injured list, uh, return date not sure uh yeah tbd tbd so there you go michael gain from the giants uh on the injured list there you go and the giants lost so hey you need to get healthy man hey try try and rip in that little change up (laughs) moving forward let's move forward let's go into sunday's games brisbane bandits playing the aces Bandits picking up the win, 6-5. Again, another close ball game there. The win goes to Rick Teasley. And look at that. Ryan Searle gets himself a save. And that was the game. That is the game that uh, we might have got a little tip back on episode five. Was it episode five or was it was it just recently when we spoke with Daryl that uh, potentially someone known as well, uh, the lady from the Blue Sox, the Blue Sox announcer called him Dillman Young, but Delman Young mm. was on the mound. Did you see that? I did happen to see that. And I didn't see it live. I happened to be flicking through um, Twitter because that's where I get my sporting updates on the AVL from. And What's um, our Twitter? What's our, uh, what's our Players Podcast? Uh, the Players Pod AU, Jeremy. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. just write Sorry. that down. Yeah, um, But. Yeah, I actually I saw a video um, of Delman warming up in the bullpen. Yeah. Oh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Was he shoving? Oh, I assume he. I didn't. Daryl's Daryl said he's like night somewhere in the nut. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I mean that plays. So. Dillman yeah. shoves young. There you go. That's also my favorite analogy that all you baseball like ABL guys use is is he shoves. But anyways. There you go. Uh, 6-5 to the Bandits. Congratulations, Rick Teasley. And Ryan Searle with the save there. Congratulations. Good to see. Moving forward, Canberra. Blue Sox, 8-6. to six. Canberra again. They've swept the Blue Sox here in Lismore. Uh, Billy Parsons picks up the win. Steve Kent came out for a, a little bit of a close there. And uh, it was really cool to see uh, Connor McDonald on the mound. Uh there for the Blue Sox, obviously uh, some a guy that uh, some of our listeners may or may not know, but uh, yeah, going through his long road of rehab. And look, here you go. You might even hear from him in the near future on the pod. There you go. Boom. Drop some extra news for you. So that was it. Uh, Canberra sweep the Blue Sox here in Lismore. Adelaide Giants go down. 
go down to the Perth Heat in the first of their uh, double headers, eleven to six to the Perth Heat. Maddox Stivey picks up the win for them. Taylor Lehman with the loss, and the Adelaide Giants again. They just copped it right there. Uh, Perth Heat, fifteen to six. Man, turn it on. Look at this. I mean, uh, that's yeah, that's got to hurt. But uh, especially when you get an eleven-run first inning, like come on that's yeah <sighs> yeah that's got a really sting right yeah i mean i will give a little, a little shout out to j mac for throwing 3.1 <laughs> innings jordan across, two, across, across uh across two games he threw both games of the double dip and um came out with a zero era with 3.1 innings pitched there you go J-Mac. He should be feeding you absolutely just like, well, see, I did it, you know. Oh, yeah, so, he messaged me and was like, yeah, I took your job. And I was like, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, you can throw, I can't, so. There it fair is, enough. Coach. There it is. Coach Pitch is no longer, it's been replaced by Jordan McArdle. That's correct. Drecken, Drecken, um He's the new Coach Pitch. Yeah, do you reckon they're going to start calling him Coach Pitch? Oh, For sure. Yeah, probably. Pitch, I would. Yeah, Mitch yeah. Would. yeah, yeah. i have to shoot sure. him a text, make sure. Yeah. Just, just send them that and just um, brand it. So if anyone hears that around the Adelaide Giants clubhouse, hey, we started it, all right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, I mean, man, just looking at this, just oh, a bunch of the boys there from Perth. Tim Kennelly getting two hits, double. Ford Proctor, a couple of hits and a double. Robbie Glendinning, a couple of hits. Bunch of RBIs between them. Grant Witherspoon, oh. have a day, son. Hang on a minute. I'm just talking about this Grant Witherspoon right here in this game. What about uh, Grant without a spoon? Well, what about him? Uh, one home run, two think... hits, four RBIs. Dude's gone well. There you go. Big shout, shout out for him. Shout out to TK, 400 ABL hits. Yeah, I yeah, I saw that too. That's huge news, man. That's, that's a lot of hits. Also, hey, 400 hits for him, but also friend of best friend of the pod. Do you know who that is? Yeah, Bob, Bobby. Bobby Erasmus. He is one appearance away from becoming the all-time appearance leader in the ABL. It was really cool to see him pitch here in Lismore. And I actually thought, man, I was like, man, I thought he was gonna uh, I thought he was gonna get it here. His whole family was here, would have been really cool, but not to be a thing. Uh maybe happening this weekend though, as they take on the Blue Sox down there in Canberra. So there you go. There you hey, go. another reason for me to be a Canberra guy. There Dude, you go. Bobby's there. Boss is there. Mikey's there. There may as well be the players podcast cavalry. I think, you know, really? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. There's only three dudes, you know, maybe, maybe more, maybe more moving forward. Anyways, oh, that oh, I've got a yeah, quick so, one. Little yeah, shout, me. little shout out to Curtis Mead. Um, oh. I don't think, I don't think it got brought up, but he actually played his a hundredth game during the Adelaide hub. So there oh, you go. Really? 100th game in the ABL, and he's what, like 12th? So he, Curtis, he's 20. Uh-huh. He's 20. He's 20. Curtis, yeah. uh huh, made. Uh, if you go back and listen to that episode, you will understand that fully. But that guy is an absolute stud. And wow, that's that's five years in the ABL at least. Four. And he's, what, it's four? You're against four? Uh, four, five. He's, yeah. Plays like, yeah. You guys play like 20 games a year. Yeah. It's nothing. I yeah. could do that. I think I'm actually, do you reckon I could get a tryout with the ABL? Absolutely not. Okay. But, um, no, <laughs> no, not to diminish anything. That was that is my uh, horrible humor. But big shout out 
for Curtis Mead. That's huge, man. 100 games in the ABL. How old is he? He would have to be 21. 20, 21. 20, 20? 21. He's around there. Born man. in 2000. Wow. 21. Curtis Mead. There you go. That's huge, man. What a bright future that guy has ahead of him. That is gonna be that is gonna be one to watch. And everyone's saying it. Everyone around the league, everyone knows it. Man, strap yourselves in, Straya. Get excited. Curtis Mead's on his way. Hey, uh, that's it. That's gonna be it for our Around the Horn, brought to you by the baseball experts, Fielders Choice Australia. Check out the website www.fielders.net. And uh, when you go there, why don't you check out the box twenty coupon? page yeah that's right the box check it page check it oh no that's your thing sorry yeah. uh what are they going to get michael how many percentiles off are they going to get if they when they go uh, and check out the page 33 33 percentiles off and how much is shipping Free 99 i love saying free 99 it is actually like the funnest thing to say as much as saying the twitter is fun but free 99 is actually really fun no 33 percent off all orders and all free shipping on all orders. There you go. Go and visit the website, www.fielders.net. We appreciate those guys. And that is the Around the Horn segment for now. There you go. There now we're going to throw it straight over. We have a pretty awesome guest on this on this episode, um, ex-big leaguer. Uh, yeah, what up? And he's also the strikeout king of the world. Well, he's the world leader in strikeouts. I mean... Correct. When do you actually get to talk to someone that is the world leader in strikeouts? Well, we did tonight. Well, we Drunk. did. Yeah, yeah we we're, did. We're the, we're, we're, we're the players pod, man. We're bringing this shit right now. But ladies and gentlemen, you need to sit back, relax, and enjoy Dan Straley of the Lottie Giants in the KBO here on the Players Podcast Australia. Hey guys, welcome back to the Players Podcast Australia. My name is Jeremy. Miggy G is here. Uh, we're not going to have too much of a chat. We've got, we've got a huge guest right now. So we're just going to jump straight into it. Dive right in. Hey, who's on deck? Who's there? The reigning 2020 world strikeout leader, Dan Straley here, live from Korea, uh, halfway through quarantining looking for anything to do so happy to be here right now guys dude that's actually that's the well that's it that's what i wanted to talk to you about mix mix said to me just before he goes this dude uh this dude got the most strikeouts in the world last year and i was like it took it took a pandemic for me to lead the world in strikeouts (laughs) like one of like four people in the whole world to throw 200 innings professionally it seemed like but I did it. And so I'm going to take it. You know, there's not a whole lot. We, we scratch and claws ball players for any sort of like just accolade, any sort of, I, I don't really care that I had to do it in Korea during a pandemic season. Like, I don't care. I did it. And they can't take it away from me. To me, it's just as real as the guys that won a world series after a 60 game season. It's mine. Dude. I, I cannot agree with you enough too many times on this podcast. We have guys on here being super humble which is look it's lovely i get it right but i am the guy i'm not i just say to him i go nah man you led the league in this you led the world in strikeouts and exactly like you said scratch and claw you're gonna take it man so congratulations you are the strikeout king you are the the you're the guy the leader of the world my glove my glove says k king my shoes say k king like i'm i'm I have a trophy that claims like that I led the league in strikeouts. Like they need to put world. They don't. They put league, but they need to put world on it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. That's like the that's like the best title ever. 
Yeah. Well, when, that's like when you say you yeah, literally there's no being humble. There's no being humble when you're the K King. Like there's no being <laughs> humble about it. Like I owned the most people in the world last year via the strikeout. Like I did yep. that. I love this. Not this you, me. No, definitely not me. I didn't yeah, throw definitely, it in. Definitely not Jeremy because he is brutal. <laughs> My arm is not in a good for, in a good shape, but this is not about me. So congratulations. We've got the world leader in strikeouts on the pod. This is huge. This is huge for us. For you, it's just another day. You're just like, whatever. I'm going to wake up, be the K-King. I might go and have some breakfast. I might just stay in my room and have some breakfast. I might just chill, look at the uh, look at the skyline there like you're talking about. doesn't matter. You're the leader of uh, strikeouts in the world. Congratulations. Dan Straley is on the pod. This is sick. This is awesome. What a way to start. Let's just get straight into it. How, how was that, that season for you, being in the KBO there with, amidst all of the madness? For a while there, you guys were the only horse in town. Yeah, it was, it was weird. So like when I left home in January, I was flying to Australia and I was more concerned about the fires and we were going to Adelaide for spring camp. And I was more concerned about like, how's this country that I'm, I'm getting ready to land into? Like, how are they doing? Like, how's like, where's the stability out there with like, just this, this wasn't even a pandemic yet. Like this was like, I was, I land and we're also hearing about is kangaroo Island losing to all the, all of its landmass via fires. And we're like, it's just devastating. So we, we start, that's how the, that's how the year started. And this yeah. was like right after Kobe Bryant passed away, right. It was just like, like what is going war? on here? There was a threat basically, of nuclear war as well early in the year. Yes. There's, there's, there's all this stuff that's like basically saying like, this is not, a, this is just not our year world. and then i get i get there and like i loved loved adelaide like i thought it was awesome we got a chance to spend like we ended up being seven weeks it was supposed to be five but we got stuck for an extra two like thank you i loved it like it was great like we got stuck you can't really get stuck in adelaide like now that i've been there like i get it like that's the vacation town like i like that's that's like the the australian place to go vacation it like i get it like that's cool we got the guys I was with, the Koreans I was with were like pissed off that they were stuck there. And I was like, guys, this is not a place you're stuck. Don't ever say you're stuck on the beach in Adelaide for seven weeks at the Grand Hotel. Like that is not a thing. Like you, you get the privilege of staying here. So, uh, yeah, so we'll say the season started off like the year started off nothing like expected. And we get to Korea and we had another six and a half weeks of spring camp up here because that's when COVID was hitting hard in Korea. And mm-hmm. we were like, Hey guys, welcome to this new country. Don't go outside. Like what? <laughs> what Excuse a me. Exactly. So we get up here, and uh, me and Adrian, the other guy that was with uh, the other foreigner, and we're just like, dude, like we gotta like not really leave. Like I guess we'll just play a, like just a shit ton of Call of Duty and like eat some food around here. Like I don't know what to do. Every every fourth day is an off day. Like I can get used to this. Like every fourth day is off. I play Call of Duty all day, missing my family like crazy. But like it just kind of everything else. And then it was like the most like poetic start to the season after this like really long seven week delay. Get ready for the first game of the year. Get down to the bullpen. Like get hot. Get in the dugout and just the skies unload on the field. And I was like, yeah, perfect. What's an hour rain delay after a seven week delay? Why not? And uh, like I look over and like I played for those my 11 years prior, I'd played in America where like if you get hot and there's a 60 minute rain delay, like you're as a starting pitcher, like you're probably done. Like they're like going to figure it out. 
and you'll start like with the next couple of days. And they just look at me like, no, it's your game. <laughs> okay. You got yeah, it. Not. I hadn't thrown a baseball in, I hadn't pitched in two weeks because we just, the way everything lined up and it'll get hot and go out there. And like, I'm like, all right, guys, let me, let me figure this out. It was like the most, like just unusual start to the most unusual season and the most unusual year that any of us ever experienced. Um, but yeah, that was just, like, I don't even remember what the question was at this point, but like, just kind of got going <laughs> with like this, like whole, like this, this journey last year, it was just like this ebb and flow of like unknowns, just crazy environment, crazy everything. And I didn't even know like what to expect in Korea. I wasn't, I wasn't coming here with the expectation of just trying to strike everyone out. Like all I'd ever heard was how difficult it is to strike out uh, Korean hitters, how, how good they're at putting the bat on the ball. And um, I did see a lot of that. Like I saw guys jumping out of the batter's box and still finding a way to make contact. I saw like a lot of really weird things last year, but uh, yeah, it was just a uh, overall experience. was just, it's kind of a whirlwind. It was crazy. It was fast. It was different. There was fires. There was a pandemic with COVID. There was just everything you could think of thrown at me last year. It And it, it seems like from what I saw anyway, is like you just like fully immersed yourself into like the Korean culture and the team. Cause like I'm seeing photos on Instagram, like you, you're sharing them and it's like people with like fear the beard, like, and it's like your <laughs> face, like cartooned on t-shirts and stuff like it, seem, it seems like they just like you just fully threw yourself into it and they all just gravitate gravitated towards you and just like went nuts well i went for this kind of like crazy american vibe like just like yelling and screaming like one of the weirdest things is like you'll be in the clubhouse like i'm getting dressed for the game and it's like an hour before first pitch and like there's guys from the other team like in our clubhouse like guys i'm facing that day <laughs> And so, like, I'm, like, walking into, like, the like the clubhouse, and I see, like, the guy on the other team that's, like, the third baseman. And uh, it was opening day, and we're playing they're playing the KT Wiz, and I see this guy. I've actually – I played against him in America, but, you know, I, I hadn't seen him in a long time, whatever. I don't even remember his name at the time. And I just, you know, knew that he was the guy. And I, like, walk in, and I see a guy from the other team in the clubhouse, and, like, I was kind of, like, instantly like, pissed off because I was, like, what the hell? Like, that, just, that doesn't make sense in my brain. Like, why? You know? I was, like, yeah, F the Wiz. And the guy, like, looks up at me, like, what? What, what did he just say? And like, I just like, just started this, like, just like kind of throwing some stuff around. Like he was just like, like got big eyed and was just like this, this crazy asshole American. What's he doing here? <laughs> like, I just kind of like, kind of rode that vibe. Like that was day one, but I just kind of like rode that vibe like the whole year, like just trying to be just kind of like that crazy guy on the mound. And like, it's really not me. Like that's not at all, but like, yeah, you know, there's a certain level of, of competitiveness, obviously, but um, just trying to ride that out with my teammates and have fun. But then like, yeah, back like with the fans, with everything else, um, I feel like you're really doing yourself a disservice not to immerse yourself in the culture of whatever city you're playing in. Uh, when I was in Oakland, when I was in Cincinnati, when I was in Miami, like just the, the three places that I spent the most time, like you really like have to like immerse yourself in the culture of the fans and the people around you because it makes your experience that much better. But it gives them also to like a genuine connection to like what they're watching, what they're experiencing when they actually see you. Like when I come to when I came to Cincinnati, um, I'd never tried bourbon before. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's what these people out here. It's Kentucky's right next door. They love bourbon. They love this. They love that. Like, let me try some of the things they love. And, like, showing your experiences of you trying the things that they like turns out to be a pretty cool experience for both ends of things. Because people that are playing there are like, wow, like, or live there, they're like, wow, like, this guy's, like, actually trying the stuff that, that we enjoy on a daily basis. But it also, too, like, broadened my horizons um, on, on 
learning different things about different things I like. And so when I came to Korea, I tried to do the same thing and just really immerse myself in my teammates, invest myself in my teammates, getting to know them. Um, and then beyond that, like learning like as much as I could about like different aspects of the culture, trying different foods, trying different things that they like to try. And like, I didn't like all of it, but that's okay. Like we're allowed to not like everything we try, but I think it's doing yourself a disservice as a ball player, getting to travel and being just experienced culturally different things to not really like immerse yourself in it. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's it that, like you said, it creates a genuine connection between the fans and obviously also, you know, the people that are around you in, in, in the ballpark or whatever it is, you know, like your teammates, but also it makes it fun. It makes that fun for you because you're constantly learning and discovering new things. You know, you go to a new place and it's not just like, Oh, I'm closed minded to this or whatever. And you know, you get there and you go, Oh shit, hang on a minute. You know? And, and like you said, you get to experience all these things that like you said, you're traveling around playing baseball, like, man, that's that's awesome. Why not live it up and uh, and take on all those experiences? Yeah, I was I was very open about saying when I first got here that like I joined the KBO. The KBO did not join me. Like I was not expecting it to be the major leagues. I'd spent five years in the big leagues, but I could not come to Korea expecting it to be the big leagues. And what I'm trying to say to myself is like, remember that like they're gonna do things differently. Like it's okay that we get dressed at the hotel and drive to the field full uniform on the road. Like, that's okay, Dan. Like, it's different than what you've done the last 11 years of your life, but that's okay. And like, just every single thing that I was having to go through, just reminding myself, like, it's okay that they do it differently. It's not better, it's not worse, it's just different. And so I tried to take that same approach with, with the life aspect of being here too, not just the baseball aspect. And it really made my experience that much more enjoyable. And I think it truly allowed me to just relax and play baseball the way I know I'm capable of, which is why they hired me, which is why they wanted me to come here. It was just relax and be myself. And I was able to do that really quickly. So I'm just going to try to continue to do that as long as I stay here. What, um, I was just going to say, like, what did, what's more enjoyable for you? Like was playing in, you know, the MLB more enjoyable for you? Or do you think that the KBOs like kind of won you over a bit more? It's, I've, I've had this debate many times, like the answer, like there is no answer to this question for me. Um, We discuss it a lot on my own podcast, the journeyman pod, where we talk about my experiences and my journey through baseball, where it's like, there's so many things that like, I wish I could change that I don't like that. I, so many things that I love. There's so many things that I'll cherish forever. But at the end of the day, it's made my journey mine. And I'm damn proud of my journey. I'm damn proud of where I've been, like where this game's taken me. And, and everything I've accomplished in this game, I'm, I'm damn proud of my, like, even my failures, like everything that I've ever experienced, like I put myself in the right situation to succeed. And even though I don't succeed every single time, I feel like I've worked my ass off to get to the spot where I can. We all, we all work our ass off. Let's, let's get that straight right away. But like, I've been able, been very fortunate to have success at the right times to shoot up the minor league ladder, to get the opportunities to get drafted, to be a kid that was out of a D2 in America, walked, like left that program, walked onto a D1 program, drafting the 24th round, eventual top prospect in, in an organization and just kept working myself up through a system. Like I got very fortunate. I got hot at the right times. I had the right guys behind me playing defense. Like a lot of things lined up for me. And so like, it'd be really hard for me to like, say like, I like this better. I like that better. Like, I just like my journey. I've really appreciated every step along. I've appreciated every failure. I've really appreciated every success. And just really like the whole thing for me is like, I just want to give it everything I have as long as I can 
So when I'm all done playing balsam deck and look back and be like really proud of the career that I put together. Yeah, that's, that's hectic. Cause I mean, you've, I mean, you've been around long enough and I know I talked to you, JJ doesn't know this, but my college coach actually played with Dan in college. So yeah, right. uh, that's a, that's, that's cool. a pr- pretty, pretty cool link, but shout out, um, shout yeah. out Sutton. Yeah. Coach, coach Aaron Sutton, who's uh, with the twins now um as a minor league manager so yeah there you go there you go small world small world yeah so well let's like you talking about your journey and 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 that's that's pretty much what this podcast is you know for us too like it's just we like to talk to players about their journey you know so let's go back to to you getting drafted you know uh their 24th round by the oakland athletics I mean, like you said, you, you came out of a Division Two, went in, walked into a Div One school. I mean, what was that like for you to then go through, you know, getting drafted? That whole experience, like, what was that? That had to be unreal, right? Like, it had to be pretty cool. Like my draft story is like the like it's like so like just ugly that like it's <laughs> it is funny like the hindsight of it. Like I was like remember this was like like pre iPhone time. Like I don't even, I think iPhone was around, but like I I couldn't afford it. Like I was a broke college student. Come on. And like the, I was sitting on a bus in the Northwoods league in Minnesota. Uh, We had a Wi-Fi on the bus. So I had my laptop out and it was like probably like a Dell from like 2006 when I got like graduated high school. So like this Dell computer that's probably running on fumes at this point is running the MLB draft, like draft ID, blah, blah, blah. And like, and then a couple of seconds later, like a name populates next to it. And like, and uh, the bus had actually stopped for lunch. And so I get off the bus and I'm walking in and my phone rings and I was watching the draft the whole time. And I made it up to like this top of the 24th round and my phone rings and this guy's like, Hey, congratulations. And I was like, for what? And he was like, we just, we just drafted you. I was like, uh, who's this? <laughs> like it was like such like an awkward conversation <laughs> and he's like oh this is matt ransom with the oakland athletics a scout that uh I, you know we drafted you he's like i was the scout that scouted you out there and i was like oh awesome and then he goes all right well um yeah uh we'll be talking to you in the next few days have a good one like that was it <laughs> i was like sweet like cool and he calls me like i don't have an agent i don't have anything he calls me a couple days later and it's like so uh you know the a's will offer you ten thousand dollars they'll offer you um the rest of your schooling paid for and uh you know a plane ticket down to, to arizona for for the next step of your journey are you in then i was like can you get me more money like, i don't know what to do like can you get me more money he's like yeah i could i can i could probably get a couple more thousand but you know i was like dude i'd have nothing so you know anything helps and he's like calls me back and he's like hey like they can do twelve thousand five hundred. and i was like sweet sounds good <laughs> he was like that that's it i was like yeah i'm staying at a host family's house so uh you want to fax them over the paperwork i can sign it and uh they they helped me sign the they helped me fax the paperwork back to the ace and like i had a flight the next day like it was like the easiest like yeah sure sounds good but but i had told the guy like before i was like you know like because he called me and and it was the most real conversation i ever had with the scout and he's like hey you know, we want to, we're, we want to draft you at some point, you know, we're just, we need to get a feel of like what you're looking at, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, yeah, I was like, yeah, I want a hundred thousand dollars. I want this. I want that. Like just kept going. And, and he's like, oh, let's, let's be realistic for a second. He just like walked me through like the process, walked me through like, Hey dude, like you're a college junior, but you're only 20 years old. 
Like you have a lot, but that's an extra year of opportunity. Like he, he just kind of explained to me the process of how minor leagues works, how everything works. And he was like, you're like, you don't really have the tools to play in the minor leagues even, but you're just raw. Like you have like a good fastball that you command, even though you don't have any off-speed pitches, like you can learn those, but you have a repeatable delivery. You have this, you have that. And I was like, okay, like I don't really get what you're saying, but yeah, let's go. And uh, when they drafted me, like it was the same guy and we talked again and we actually ended up talking every year for about a decade um, at some point, usually on my drive home at the end of the season. Uh, and then that, the, then somewhere in the middle there, when I, a couple of years later, I made my major league debut, he actually flew out and we actually had a chance to meet in person after my very first big league start, which was uh, pretty cool. I was the first big leaguer that he had make it to the big leagues actually. And then his second was Sonny Gray. So he's, um, he's yeah, we've, uh, we've, we've, we've kept in touch. Oh, I'm sure he's got a lot. He's well, he works for the Yankees now and he's got a big area. He's just been, he's been crushing it. He's been really good uh, guy to keep in contact with, but um, it's still just like, the whole point for me was like, it wasn't this grand epic story, but it was the story of 95%, if not more, of guys that play professional baseball. It's not this grand epic ESPN camera at your house, like big ordeal. It's like this phone call out of nowhere from a number you don't recognize saying like, hey man, your dream just came true to chase your big dream. Yeah. Because without that first phone call, the second phone call never gets to happen. You never get to call your parents and let them know, like, hey, I got drafted, or hey, I signed here, or hey, I'm getting a chance to go play for this club in America. Like those those never get to happen without that very first mundane out of the out of nowhere phone call that's like, Hey, we want to sign you for nothing, but we want to sign you. And so, like, it meant the world to me. I didn't know what I was walking into at the time. I had no clue about the politics of baseball. I had no clue about just kind of some of the BS I would deal with along the way. But like, I just knew that like I wanted to play baseball and I knew that somebody was giving me an opportunity and I could not have been more pumped about it. Who was your, who was in your draft class? Like that was like well up there. Do you know? Uh, Steven Strasburg, Dustin okay. Ackley. There's this kid named Trout in that round, that first round. Yeah. Uh, Green checks, Skaggs. We had a really good draft class. The, of the draft class, I would say obviously Trout's clearly the most known and Strauss are great behind him. But I was looking at it recently and like there's still a decent amount of guys playing from 09 uh, draft class, but it's definitely dwindled down much quicker. From my actual draft class from the A's, I think there's like, I think there's only one guy still signed on a major league contract, which is Max Stassi. Yeah. And then there's a couple of us still playing professionally. But there's not a there's not a ton still from that that draft class from the Oakland days that year. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. And like we've had a few people on um, that have had drafted that have been drafted, and they're like, yeah, it's literally, literally just a phone call out of out of nowhere. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's, and it's not the yes, it's not the ESPN moment. It's really not. But it's real. Do you know what I mean? Like it's real. Like that's. Yeah. And like you said, if that's 95% of, of, of all other experiences, you know, but it, it is, it's 100%. gritty, it's real. Yeah. It's just, Hey, this is, this is what it is, you know? So then you, you obviously you, let's talk about going up, you know, we could talk about the, how long did you spend in the minor leagues? How long was the grind in the minors for you? I, that's where, that's where my story changes from the, from the vast majority, uh, two, two years. Yeah. Wow. I was, 
I, yeah, I, I ascended very quickly. Um, two full seasons in the minor leagues and then a half a season before I got like, just started jumping like crazy, but I was leading the minor leagues in strikeouts. I struck out 220 guys in 190 innings and just really shot through the roof of the minor leagues uh, with the A system. I went from the 50th prospect to the top prospect in the organization and just like shot through double A, which is where at the time was a place that a bunch of guys kept getting absolutely stuck in the A system. And I spent three months there and then I made six starts in triple A and like it was, but it was like video game. Like I had, I, I threw like 70 innings and had a 0.9 in AAA my first time. Like it was just like video game stuff where it's like, I could do no wrong. Um, I got, I got the AAA and I had Josh Donaldson was my catcher and this other guy, Anthony Wrecker and Anthony Wrecker had been in the AAA for quite a while up and down with the A's and was just like, Hey dude, um, I know these hitters, you don't. Uh, just follow me and you'll be in the big league soon. And so I never shook him and he was completely right. And I just had a lot of great leaders around me, guys that were willing to invest in me as a ball player and understand one of the best lines I ever heard came from Tyson Ross. He was teaching me all these things. And I said, like Tyson, like, I, you know, I'm probably going to take your job. Like what, like, what are we like? How, why are you being so helpful to me? And he just looked at me and this is like the biggest lesson I got. He just looked right at me and just goes, dude, like you having success is never going to keep me from the big leagues. He's like, I want to win. And so if you and I are on the same rotation, like that's great. But if we're not like, I'll be somewhere else because I'm going to be a successful pitcher. Like, but I just want you to be good too. Like, and I was like, like all these like guys like that along the way that really helped out and really helped make me the best ball player possible. Um, really helped me skip a lot of steps in the learning curve. And I've tried to really pay that forward. I've really, really have tried to help as many guys as possible with things like that. But I was just blessed in my, my quick ascension through the, the A's system to have a lot of really good ball players and a lot of, a lot of older guys, more experienced guys, maybe not necessarily older, but more experienced guys around me to help me along the way. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I just, I just wrote that down. You having success is never going to keep me from the big leagues. I think that's, it's just that old adage of, uh, you know, the cream always rises to the top man. Like, you know, just because he's, he's helping you out. We've all, we've all been in dugouts our whole lives where there's like, you know, that starting pitcher goes out and shoves and like four other guys are in the dugout. Just like, uh, just like, mm, like why, why him? Why not me? Or that guy that goes four for four and like someone struggling, is just like not happy for him. And you're like, like, I get it. Like to an extent, cause we all just want to be the best. Like, that's a great mentality. You want to be the best, but like, I want to be the best on the championship winning team. Like I want to be the best on the best team. I want to be surrounded by better guys because they make me better. And that's what these guys were trying to teach me when I was younger. And I was a kid, I was 23 years old, like trying to figure out the, how to be in the big leagues. Like that's, that's a, that's a challenge in and of itself is being that young there trying to learn how to be a ball player. Um, and you know, I'd never, that was my first year above a ball and I'm in the major leagues, like trying to figure that out. Like that was a challenge too. And, um, you know, I had, uh, they just came up and, and like I took, it was Travis Blackley. I took Travis Mm -hmm. Blackley's job and Travis was doing really well in the A's rotation and they put him in the bullpen when they called me up and, sure enough, like the first guy sit by on the airplane was an empty seat. And sure enough, my seatmate was Travis. And I was like, Oh, great. This guy's going to be super unhappy. 
like the kid that just took his job is sitting next to him now. Great. And he sits down and he was just like the friendliest guy to me for this like four hour flight to Chicago. And it just like kept showing me the trend of like the guys at the top, like we're all super competitive, but we just want to win. And like, so I started realizing that like, that was a really common theme with every team I was ever on in the big leagues was like, you're at the top. Like there's no going higher. Let's just win. And That's even really cool. that year in uh, 13, you came, you came fourth in rookie of the year voting. So yeah, I mean, that's like unreal. I mean, I mean, it would have been yeah, nice still, to win it, but like, yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some pretty good rookies that year. So for a kid from a little farm town in Eastern Oregon to like come out and just do any of that, like I was so pumped and like, I didn't care that I didn't win. I'm sure at the time I was a little upset, but like, no one's going to care down the road if you won rookie of the year or not. Like you're just, it was just, I just wanted to, to prove myself to have a job the next year. Like that was all I cared about. And I just wanted to win as many ball games as possible. And, you know, we had, we had five rookies in our rotation at the end of 2012 and all of us were back for 13. And so it was just kind of, you know, we're just rolling through and, and I did not wear out my rookie eligibility in 12. So I had it again in 13. And uh, yeah, I think it was, uh, I think Will Myers won it actually that year. Um, but there's a couple other really good ball players in that group. And it was just, it was honored to, to, to get some mentions there, but like at the end of the day, like it was just proud to say that I finished even like you said, finished in the top five of that, for that voting. Yeah. What's, um, Oh, sorry, JJ. I was just going to say, where's, uh, where's your favorite place? What's your favorite ballpark? Ooh, good question. That's really loaded. Um, <laughs> like there's, no, it's serious. Like, I mean, they're so all, many they're all nice. That, I mean, they're all nice, but like, they're, they're all nice. Like, but like, there's so many things like I love like San Francisco, Seattle, just because they're like close to my house. Like mm. my family, like there's nothing close to Oregon really. So like for us, my family to go to Seattle or for my family to go to the Bay area is really kind of, you know like a home game six one way half a dozen of the other like it's the same thing and so it's an hour and a half flight either way and like so i got a lot of family and friends that got to come watch me when i played there so i really like those places um ballparks that really like mean a lot to me would probably be cincinnati great american ballpark um that was my most successful year in the big leagues winning 14 or i think it was 14 games maybe 15 i think it was four winning a lot of games there that year <laughs> and um it just really kind of had like a kind of a, a reinsurgence, a reinvention of my career that year that really springboarded me onto three straight years in the big leagues, which was pretty amazing. But just really every ballpark does have its own character and its own unique spot. But for me, I just have to go with the sentimental value of having family come. So either Seattle or San Francisco, I really like that. Yeah. Judge, what do you got? I, I can just tell that you're just fiending to ask a question. Oh, no, no. I was just uh, I was just pulling up baseball reference. 14, 14 and 8. So, yeah, 14 game winner for the year. That's unreal. Um, I was I was just going to give a shout out to Travis Blackley from five minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> he's also been on the pod. Good friend of the pod. But I, I want to go back and ask. I want to ask a real quick question about, you know, you said it before. You were 23 years old and in the big leagues. Now, I'm I'm only a couple of years younger than you. I'm, I'm 29, and I think I'm still an idiot. So I would love, love to know what that was like in it, what that transitions like. You know, just not so much as a ball player, because obviously there's some huge 
things going on there, you know, you're quickly learning on your feet, but also just as a, as a, as a, as a young dude, you know, like what were the biggest hurdles that you had to face as a 23 year old now getting all of this success and being in the big leagues? What was that like? Well, let's give this a little backstory. So I had under $2,000 to my name. I was driving my college roommate's grandpa's 1997 Dodge pickup truck um, up in Northern California because my 97 Ford Ranger was not able to make it down from Oregon. Uh, my, my fiance at the time, my now wife of eight years was like, she happened to fly into town and into AAA. And I hadn't seen her in, you know, like five or six months at this point or four, maybe it was probably like four or five months at this point. And like she flies into town and we're getting ready to like, you know, she thinks she's coming in town for a few days and, I'm supposed to pitch the next day after she lands. And I'm like, Hey babe, like I'm, I'm actually not pitching tomorrow. No, no, I'm pitching Friday. And she's kind of like, what? And I'm like, yeah, but we got to go to Oakland. Cause I'm going to face the blue Jays. And so it was like this whole like whirlwind of emotion. Like we were getting married that off season. Like we had no clue how we were going to pay for housing. We didn't know how we we're going to have afford a car. We didn't know how we we're going to afford anything. And it was like this, that moment I got called up was just so incredible. And like it all kind of happened so fast. I didn't really have time to like sit there and realize like, all like the life things that were changing. Like there just wasn't there. Um, we didn't really change anything at first. We actually, I went and bought an outfit to wear to the field the first day because I, I'd heard that you're supposed to dress a certain way when you come to the clubhouse <laughs> and absolutely hated it. So we, my wife and I went and returned it the next day and got our <laughs> money back. But I just wore it that very first day to make sure that like I didn't like stand out too bad. And I realized I dressed up like guys do when they go on the road, not like when they go at home games, but I just like, there were so many different things being like you said, like you feel like you're an idiot now. Like what was I thinking back then? Like, I don't, don't really know. Like I was just in the moment and just trying to just not step on toes, just not trying not to, to piss off any of the veterans and just trying to kind of fly underneath the radar. And like I said earlier, I had a lot of really good guys in AAA and I had the same quality of guys in the big leagues. I had, I had Johnny Gomes come up to me my very first day and be like, Hey dude, like when you're here, you're, you're trying to win. Like when you go to that mound, like you're the ace that day, like we're in the playoff hunt. Like we need you. And he's like, we're going to fuck with you like crazy on the side. But like when it's <laughs> your day to pitch, like no one's going to bother you. No one. And like things like that, like just all the time, like just trying to make you feel comfortable. Like, Hey, we're going to have fun. But like when you're here to work, like you're here to work, like do your thing. If it's stupid, like we'll make fun of you later, but you have success. No one's going to care. And just kind of being like learning that kind of stuff, like really early, I think was good to hear and good to be a part of. Plus I walked into the big leagues and my first parts of first four seasons was a playoff share teams where we were in the playoffs every single year. So I, I really got a, a lesson early on, on what winning baseball looked like. And I think that helped me. You know, I talked about skipping some steps in the learning curve. I think that really helped me skip some steps then to seeing how things were supposed to be done on a winning ball club. Yeah. And then obviously, like you said, you know, you've the journeyman is, is your podcast and, and that is uh, that's kind of, I mean, obviously it's obvious it's, it's what you've done. You've, you've, you've been, you spent some time in Oakland, uh, Miami, Cincinnati, but also, you know, you're on the Cubs, you're with the Astros, as you said, the Reds, the Marlins, the Orioles are now to, to the KBO. I mean, you say Cincinnati would probably be one of the more, um, sentimental places that you threw is that would that would that say that be right? 
I would say I would say yeah because I mean they they cleaned me off waivers from the Padres. I was on the Padres for like three days and got traded there at the very end of spring training. DFA claimed by the Reds showed up through the worst bullpen of my life. The manager like hesitantly was like, "Yeah, congrats, man, you made the team. Like this is <laughs> we you're you got a right arm and you're kind of healthy. So like here you go, like." You're in my bullpen, and like I was like, "What's a bullpen?" The guys that said, oh, "Okay, like I'll figure it out," and uh, obviously that led into me being patient, throwing well, and getting a start. It was supposed to be three starts, turned into thirty starts. Um, have a great relationship with my pitching coaches and the manager from that team, and I got at the end of the year, I got traded for like I was the guy, like I was the one, and for three. And before I got traded, it was me and two other guys for one person type of thing. Oh, we got our we got our cameo in. Hey, there we go. Very good. Hello. We got Chewbacca tonight. You say hi. Hi. You say hi in Korean. I can't hear him. You can't just say Anyaseo. Anyaseo. Hello. There you go. They can hear you. Let me see your finger. You all good? Hey. <laughs> I just have a little cut. Okay. Well, I'll be out soon, okay? It was a cut. Are you all right? Um, yeah, it was a, a tiny cut. Oh, and Star Wars. Does mommy take care of it? Oh, you got a Stormtrooper on Wars. it. He has a, like, a blaster, like... <laughs> oh, what, what, uh, I'll what's... see you soon. Which, what, what's his name? What's Straley's? What's his name? What are we looking at? Oh, uh, it's Jackson. Jackson Straley. There you go. Yeah. I see. Uh, that's the real star of the show. Yeah, man. That was awesome. That was great. There you go. I'm, and you know what? I'm not even editing that out. I'm leaving that straight in there, man. I love that shit. That's what that's all about. And there that we go. Good. He shows up wearing his Chewbacca outfit, ready to roll. <laughs> he got a little cut on his finger. It's probably not really a cut. He probably like rubbed it up against something, but no, he's, uh, it's incredible. That's, uh, that's one big change from last year to this year is that my family's out here this year. So uh, last year was great in a lot of aspects, but it really stunk in the fact that, you know, I was by myself and like, I didn't sign up to, to, to take off and be gone for 10 months alone. Yeah. My wife and I made, made that decision we thought was going to be for a few months. She was working at home as a nurse. And, you know, as we all know, right after, right after I left in January, the COVID hit the United States pretty hard and everything changed back there. So it was a big change for us as a family, but this year that's not the case. And just blessed that they get to be out here with me. So are they going to, they're going to stay the whole time now? They're going to, we're going to feel that out. We're yeah. gonna fill that out. I think uh, we got we got about a six month cap on uh, on how long they can stay. Okay. Uh, but six months is much better than than ten or so. Four months alone or three months alone, whatever it turns into. Uh, but we're uh, we got some there's some other things going on as well. But like the we're we're hoping for at least three to six months where they're gonna be out here. Yeah. Nice. Good stuff. And I mean, the only real difference for you will be a lot less COD, like a lot less Call of Duty uh, with the fam there. Is that right or or not? Yeah, I think so. It'll be a lot less. But at the same time, I uh, was able to purchase a uh, gaming laptop. So Oof. I will no longer be taking up the TV time. I've managed to play like five days of, of, of six days in quarantine and... Like today was today was the only day I didn't play because 
I just decided to, I was looking like an absolute, just like that, like Homer in the gym that gets made fun of. I had like a sauna sweatsuit on top <laughs> with one of those like elevation training masks. I was just trying to get a heart rate and I was just sweating like crazy. And I was just, I was just loving it. I was feeling so good on the bike that I just kept rolling with it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I, I don't even know where we were. I don't even know where we before, were before Jackson came up. But, I mean, who cares? That was great. I'm so glad that it happened. Um, but, I mean, look, back going back to Korea, uh, what are you expecting for this year? I mean, is that is that, a, is that a silly question to ask? I mean, now that you've been there for a year, you've seen what it's like, do you come into it with a different mindset for this year or are you still working on that same approach? I think there's just, I never stop improving, never stop improving. So I went into this off season, trying to add a cutter, trying to make my curveball better, trying to make sure my change of my slider right where they were when the last year finished and trying to make sure my fastball is spinning the way it needs to spin. I've never been able to throw incredibly hard. And so for me, just to make sure it's spinning the way it needs to spin, I, it's good for me, but just trying to always add on trying to always be the best version of myself, whatever my arm and my body has available to me, just really trying to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm finding that out and maxing myself out each year. And so uh, that was where the cutter came in this year was like trying to figure out, okay, what lacked of my game last year? Okay. It was getting in on lefties. Like, it's not like a, a personal thing. It's me. I just had to really like sit down and self-evaluate that and figure out this is where I lacked. How can I get better? And it was, okay, how can I get in? Okay. What pitch can not leak back over the plate? Like, I don't throw a two-seam. My fastball runs back arm side. Well, if I can throw a cutter, even if it doesn't really cut, as long as it goes straight, I'm fine. And so I, I just like really was trying to to add something there. Um, I don't really – I think the big advantage I have coming into this year for myself, though, is I don't have to, like – I don't have to go to the stadiums and, like, wonder what I'm walking into. Like, I know the hitters. This league doesn't change that much. The foreigners change, but the the, the Koreans don't. And so – like, I don't have to wonder what stadiums, what I'm going to eat, what the hotels look like, what the, the bus rides are going to be. Where's this place? Where's that place? Uh, who's on their team? Who's good? Who's not? What's, like, I know all that. And so I just get to come out here and just continue where I left off last year and just keep working and keep grinding that way and just pick up where I left off, hopefully. And the goals don't change. New season, the goal is to be the MVP, the Cy Young of the championship winning team. That's why we train. That's why we show up. That's why we put these hours in. It's not to be average. It's not to be second best. We all show up. We all want to be the best. Is that a realistic goal? Not all the time, but like if you're, if that's not what you're working for, then why are you here? Like that's really my mentality. And that's really what I've been doing this for 13 years with that same kind of approach. Yeah, that's hey. unreal. Yeah, sorry, hey. Mick, you go. No, I was just going to say, um, as he as Dan was talking about like his pitches and stuff, I actually um, got to have an at bat against Dan um, last year when uh, they we were playing the trial games or the exhibition games. And um, I will admit that Dan just punched me out on three straight pitches. So <laughs> it was, there it is. so hey, I, hey, I, no, you know why though, right? Yeah, he's a strikeout leader in the world. Yeah. Man. Cause he's nasty. He's the cake. We weren't even counting him then. I, I was, yeah, that's true too. I, I literally was going up there and I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to see a pitch. I'm going to see one pitch. And it was like fastball in. And I was like, Ooh, uh, hope he doesn't throw that again. And then I'll like, but I'm going to sit on it just in case. And then, so I'm sitting dead set fastball inside. And then he just goes 
boom, slider. I just look like an absolute fool. And it's like half check swing, half check swing, but like trying to bring it back full swing. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. That's now, really not good. The listeners of our podcast and Dan himself might think that Mick is just another pitcher. But I'm going to say it. This is the part where I was talking about before about being humble. He'll say, oh, no, no, no. He was that. He's actually he would he was actually quite a good two way player, uh, and and I yeah, actually I he's quite a good hitter. So I you know just uh, just throwing that out there just for the for the facts of the pod. Now we there's one Chewbacca, there's, Chewbacca's back. Jackson's back. What's going on, bro? And I'm a robot. He's he's a robot. I'm a robot. He's a robot. You're a robot. <laughs> You're a robot, huh? <laughs> There you go. Minute, buddy. He's a robot. We're gonna have to yeah, get. We're uh, grinding. We're grinding through. Uh, we're, we just got. You know, we got the seventeen-hour time change. We're grinding through. Uh, we're done staying up. Like, or like, we barely made it to like eight p.m. the first night, and then we're up at five. We keep trying to move it. Now we're it's nine nine thirty. We're trying to keep them up till like nine thirty to ten. That way we can get used to the baseball season. Since Dad works a swing shift, we try to get to bed around eleven. That way we can sleep until ten a.m. type of thing. But we're slowly working it. But these late hours at night, we start getting delusional. And we're big into uh, <laughs> we go to we go to YouTube and and do Just Dance YouTube videos where it's like the Just Dance video game without having like your Xbox hooked up and stuff. It's just people recorded their their stuff on Twitch where they recorded it. So he thinks he's doing the dances and he loves it. And so he's uh that's kind of what started the the love of Star Wars in our house is the the connect just dance YouTube stuff and it just it just hasn't stopped for like three months of just Star Wars everything. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, well, where, where were we at before Chewbacca came back in? Oh, I don't care, man. I really yeah, don't care. This matter. is awesome. Hey, I, I I think that's I think that's gonna do it for now. I mean, uh, look, you're coming back to Korea this year, uh, hopefully. Hopefully you are still the K King. Let's just, just put it that way. Let's just say like, you know, you're going to be the man. You're still the K King now. You I think mean, you can, do you think you can get the 300? Can you get the 300? You think? Bro, I barely got the 200. 200. Okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, no, my, my actual goal for the year though, is to be, is 224. 223 is the KBO record. And Ooh. my goal is 224. I think that's very attainable. Um, I get 30 somethings, 31, 32 starts to do it in. I think I think it's very doable. So I mean, that's actually coming into the season. Like that is my goal is to leave this year, like the reigning like strikeout leader in KBO history for a single season. Only yeah. nine nine guys have done it, or I guess 10 guys. I think I'm the I'm the ninth or the tenth have struck out 200 guys. It's only happened 13 times in the KBO and it's only been done by nine guys ever. So I'm looking to do it again, be the ninth, be the, you know, have it happen a 14th time, but still by the same nine players. And so really it's, it's, it kind of shows you how hard it is to get 200 strikeouts in this league. If only nine people in the last, what, 30 years have ever done it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you, you sort of brushed on it before a little bit, but like, the differences in the hitters there, like you mentioned that these guys, you know, much better at making contact will basically do anything to foul something off, make contact there in the KBO. Is that, is that the main difference there? Eh? Do you see from a pitcher's perspective, do you see other differences throughout the league against the guys that you're facing or? 
I I totally joked around about this at the beginning of the year. I was like, man, I feel like these guys would rather ground out to second base than strike out trying to hit a homer. And like, I thought I was joking, but like, it's true. Like, there's so many guys here that would so much rather ground out to second base on like an ass out slider or the other way, and then like sit on something and try to hit a homer. And like, it's just a different way that they approach, a different way they they play the game. And like, that's cool, but like. It, it is a big adjustment. Like I've, I literally threw like a fastball in on a guy last year where he jumped backwards and like fouled it off. And you're like, how'd you do that? I'm like, even <laughs> mad. Like, how'd you do that? <laughs> this pitch is, I don't, I don't throw that hard, but like I threw hard enough. Like that's gotta be a challenge. And uh, you just see some really weird things, but yeah, their, their ability to put the bat on the ball is pretty unbelievable. And um, it, it just kind of, it translates that way when you see, like I lost, so there's a lot of times I had two strikes where guys did just ground out to second base, where they did just put the ball in play. And it doesn't necessarily mean they got hits, but they just find a way to put the ball in play in this league. Um, and it's uh, a lot different than what I was used to back in the States, where guys are just looking to drive the ball out of this out of the stadium. One one last thing. Oh, did you have something, Mick? I was just going to say, was there any thought after last season of going back to the U.S. to try and play, or were you just, no... Nah, Back. Oh, no, 100%. Yeah. I was waiting. I was like, these guys made me the offer, and I was my agent was going to work, and we had three weeks, and we were just like, hey, like waiting, waiting, waiting. But every single team in the States was just like, we don't know our budgets. We don't know what the season's going to look like. Uh, COVID this, COVID that. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And it was like, you got a million-dollar-plus offer over here or an unknown anything over here, like – this game's bent me over so many times where it's just like, I'm, I'm going to take what I can get. I'm yeah. going to take the guarantee. Yeah. It's great money. I love it over here. Like it's, I'm like a, a just a normal guy back home and like a superstar over here. Like it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, I didn't know that's what I was walking into, but it's a lot of fun. And it just made a lot of sense for me to come back. And so I, I wasn't willing to, to risk that for a guaranteed contract over here. I wasn't willing to risk the guaranteed contract for a chance at something back there. Yeah. Was, uh, so same imports this year for you guys or different besides you. So Dixon, uh, it's me, me and Dixon and Anderson Franco. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Adrian's not back. Adrian's, uh, I think he's still looking for a job back in the States. A lot of the same, a lot of the same imports throughout the league. Uh, but there are a few new ones, um, but there's still just a, a good number of guys returning. There you go. I just wanted to, I just wanted to ask this because I mean, the KBO is, and this, this is it for me. I think this is, this is my last, my last question. I wanted to pick your brain about might not even be that big of a deal, but the KBO is obviously kind of famous for its, uh, for its bat flips. Yeah. How do you feel mm-hmm. about that being, a guy that has come up through the American system, uh, you know, obviously a big league guy. Where do you stand on this whole new thing of, you know, the bat flips and the fun and, and that kind of thing? What, what did someone, someone jacks a yaya off you? Well, that's the thing. Is I, I, I love it. Yeah. But no one's, no one's, no one's bat flipped me yet. Ah, so like, right. Like... <laughs> yep. Still like a little level of respect, I guess, where people haven't bat flipped me. Um, and so like the only one guy, I gave up 10 homers and only one guy hit two. And um, 
it was like the, the first game of the year. And then like at the very end of the season, this guy had another one and he's the only guy that ever hit two off me. And he was the one that I expected, I guess, to do it. Cause he got me twice. Uh, but the, I've seen a lot of really good ones, a lot of really good <laughs> ones. Like I saw one where the bat went about a hundred feet and like, it was just like, you're not even mad. You're just like, they say it's part of the, it's, it's, it's the finish of the swing. It's for the fans. We're not showing up the, we're not showing up the other guys. We're celebrating our own success. And I was like, okay, that's cool. So if I want to backflip off the mound after I strike you out, that's fine. They're like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> like, all right. It is what it is, man. There you go. Yeah. That's it. That's so cool. Well, look, mate, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast with us. We really, really appreciate your time. And, uh, and also big, big thank you to Jackson for jumping on too. He, he, mm -hmm. he made, he made that's the good. show. He, he, he asked better questions than me, definitely. Uh, spoke a lot better than Michael. Uh, and, sure. and, and you know, I mean, what more can you ask for from, from, from a guest? So we really appreciate you guys jumping on, mate. And all the best for this year. And look, hopefully, hopefully at the end of this season, uh, we're going to be talking to the KBO K King, 224 strikeouts in a year. That's the goal. That's it. I'm going to make a t-shirt. It just says Optimission 224. There you go. And just don't explain it to anybody. Just like let it happen. <laughs> and I just think that crazy, that crazy American's back. What the heck's he gonna do next? <laughs> just yelling at people, thinking like we understand him. Yeah, it's uh, it's a whole other world here. But I'm happy to be a part of it. Ah, it's cool, man. It's really, really awesome. And look, just like it is for us having you on the pod, mate. We really appreciate it. So thanks so much. And uh, hey, all the best for this year. Yeah, you bet. Take care, guys. Thanks, man. There it is. That was our chat with Dan Straley. How cool is that? We just talked to the world leader in strikeouts. Unreal. Dan Straley. Yeah. He, he's a great guy. It, and um, when I first reached out to him um, to talk pitching with him a little bit, no hesitation at all. Such a great guy. So huge shout out to him. Thanks for coming on the pod. And check out Dan's uh, podcast, The Journeyman. Uh, check it out on all of the platforms that you get it. And if you haven't already, uh, check out his socials are going to be in the show notes, all of that kind of stuff down here. So there you go. There you go. We really appreciate him jumping on, man. What, I mean, just it's just what, like that, that mentality thing for me is the biggest piece, you know, like just being like, you know what? Yeah, it's different. Everything's going to be different. Don't get the shits. Don't flip out. Just, just roll with it, man. And just keep doing the best thing that you can. And, fuck it turns out that you know if you just take a good mentality you can go and get 205 strikeouts in a year you know 15 and 4 with a 2.5 era and 205 strikeouts yeah, yeah unreal he's yeah. bad he's bad he's a bad bad man and he was on the podski now we're going to give you a quick plug of our socials miggy g we're going to start with le twitter what are we on le twitter the players pod au jeremy that's right and also hit us up on the gram it's going to be a gram slam see what i did there yeah nice one yeah it was good we shouldn't we should yeah okay uh hit us up on the gram at players podcast australia or search us on facebook players podcast australia we uh we want to hear from you guys if there's anything you like or if there's anything you don't like do you want to see mick come back with the six iron 
no, like microphone. I don't know. If you want to see that, let us know. Hit us up on the socials. And also, if you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe and download the episodes. If you haven't also, why don't you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? We really appreciate it. And also, I mean, it's just gonna. There's gonna be some really, really cool chats coming up in the next uh, in the next week or so. So you guys are gonna want to be subscribed so you're getting all the notifications. Okay, it's really simple. Okay, so hit us up on the on the socials. Give us a little. Uh, you can slide into our DMs. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, awesome. on the show, on the show one. Yeah, slide into there. Nowhere else. No other sliding is is accessible. That's not cool. Unless you're uh, on but- a baseball diamond. Yeah, sliding on a yeah, sliding on a baseball diamond would be fine. That'd be okay. Mm. Do you reckon? Um, how long do you reckon? This is an interesting question, Mick, and mm. I want to know how long do you reckon those sliding mitts will come to like, um, will take to get to like a, a a local like a baseball like a club ball level? I see all the guys with this. Have you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Those yeah, sliding. Yeah, I think they're already infiltrated in your club ball but you've got like a semi-pro vibe i'm thinking like how long do you reckon it'll take to get sliding mitts into lismore baseball i don't think i've seen one i don't think i've seen one yet but you got more i reckon you got more of a chance of an oven mitt coming into play than an actual specific baseball (laughs) baseball sliding mitt that's actually a very very good idea and very cost effective yeah. So thank you. I know a guy much. who I know a guy who uses um, gardening gloves for batting gloves. So in uh, in Adelaide. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Can can you like, drop his like name hard, on the pod? Like hardware store gloves. Drop his uh, name on the pod. Come on. I can't do it to him. <laughs> He's a younger guy. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, have, and also, this is my question about the sliding thing, right? Yeah. What what if they've like got the sliding mitt, the oven mitt? I'm going to mm. call it a fucking oven mitt, all right? There we go. Finally got the E on this on this episode, the explicit episode. Mm. Um, what if it's like a bit further than their fingers? And they're like, I mean, how's the umpire going to prove that? That's the shit I think about when I'm not talking to you. There's no proving it because... That's what I mean. So, so like, just, you could literally put your hand in halfway. That's what I'm saying. And get an extra, like, but, couple of inches. But then but then it would, it would fall off, I think. No, I I've never it used comes, one. It comes down over the wrist, man. No, I get that, but if you only just st- if you like, you know, just halfway. That's what it, I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. They're making these dudes, and they're gonna look at him and go, "Oh, you've got one fucking long arm." No, I've got a fucking oven mitt on, and I just slid into the base. Like, dude. To be yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one, but the infiltration of Final Coast baseball, I'm gonna put. You reckon it'll be this uh, year? I, Probably this year. Well, now that you've brought it up, yes. And I hope someone wears an an actual oven mitt from I'm going to wear an oven mitt. I'm going to do it. There you go. I'm going to get video evidence too. I, I hope am, so. I am going to do it. There you go. Um, our season here doesn't start till April. So our listeners, you're going to have to just wait. And we're going to keep talking about these oven mitts because I want to... And actually, I have something really uh, exciting for you in the future. Oh yeah. Boo. We, I know who we're gonna ask. There you go. We're not about, gonna tip our cap too much about the other mitt. Yeah. I know who we're gonna ask. We're gonna ask. Uh, we're gonna get someone on in the pod really, really, really soon. There you go. Be, I was just thinking that we might like maybe we could get like house to sponsor us maybe with some oven mitts. It's a good idea. Mm. Yeah. What else could you use? Like a spatula. 
they could get the the umpires could get those like a brush. Look, this has gone out of hand. This has gotten yeah, out of hand. Nice, all right, Jeremy. we started talking about oven mitts, and the whole podcast has been loose. Look, you guys know where we are. If you know the rules about this oven mitt thing, it's really doing my head in. So please send us a message. It doesn't have to. It doesn't matter if it's on Le Twitter, which is what Miku. Uh, the players pod AU, Jeremy. I just called you Miku, which I think was like a, one of those like, Miku. A, like a weird um, like Goku, like Dragon Ball Z. Nah, I think it was like it was one of those. Oh, Penguin. Um, yeah, Pengu. Pengu. That's who I was thinking of. The yeah, nice. ABC Penguin. Miku. Yeah, nice. um, Miku. Also, I met I met Rachel this weekend, and um, and she still thinks your name is Miggy G, which yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. She's like, why, why, why was that white guy? Why did he have like a, like, why was he called Mickey G? No, she didn't say any of that. I actually barely, I was actually really nervous. I was like, hi, hi, how you going? Uh, Hi. It was really cool to meet her though. And it was actually really cool to meet a bunch of those guys. Like, dude, it was so much fun. Anyways, we could just have this chat off air. So let's wrap this episode up. Uh, If you know about these freaking oven mitts please send us a message slide into our dms that's acceptable you know all the socials at players podcast australia on instagram players podcast australia on the facebook we uh send a huge thanks to our sponsors on deck baseball for powering the pod and as well as the baseball experts fielder's choice check those guys out again that's it i think uh do you want to do the thing you do the thing all right thanks for joining us tonight guys bye